with like oh. Sherman through Georgia. Like a fucking uh, tank just rolled through. All right, but that's okay because now we have beer. <laughs> Beers galore. So, Julie. Yeah. You know, we got some questions mm-hmm. about how we met and became friends. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be interesting to hear that story um, from multiple perspectives. So okay. if it's okay with like you guys. Like a sliding doors thing? Yes. Okay. Or a Rashomon. Right. So, we'll, so we'll all, and then Jen, if you have an outside perspective on how it happened, you do one too. But I feel like at staggered periods throughout the episode, we'll each say how we became friends. Okay. Sure. Uh, and then maybe at the end, we'll tell the truth. Oh, um, <laughs> so, is like two truths and a lie? Yeah, sort of. Mm, no. No, no, I think no, it's I'm more like. to tell the absolute truth. <laughs> I swear. Um, I think it's more like Rashomon, like it's. How do you know what the actual truth is? Yeah. So here's the truth to the best of my knowledge. Um, Julie and I met when I was directing her husband in a national tennis league. And um, and he was, you know, a, an average player. Um, he, was a, uh, he was a high stakes performer, but he, he didn't always deliver um, on like a day-to-day basis. Like he was somebody that you want... Um, you know, in the U.S. Open, certainly, but that's only if you can actually get there first, right? Um, and Julie was pretty sure that Neil was not being paid enough money. That is true. That part so, is 100% true. Um, she was pretty wary of me. Um, I'm like, I was responsible for his salary. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't dictate the National Tennis Association rules. But uh, we were wary of each other at first. Um, and then one day uh, I walked into practice. Because practice is important. And Neil was supposed practice. to be there. We are talking about practice. <laughs> Neil was supposed to be there and he wasn't. It was just Julie. She was wearing a tennis dress and like a lurid sweatband. <laughs> and she said, listen, I don't know about you, but there's one way to know uh, to know a woman's grit to know what she's made of we have to play some fucking tennis and i said you know what bitch you're on and i reached into my bag and i pulled out this boombox <laughs> what is going on and i pressed play and it went more than i feel it more than i feel and then we played tennis until we came to a draw it had gone on too long we were exhausted we were evenly matched it had gone on too long, and then she looked at me and she said, "You know what? Let's go have a beer and talk about Outlander." And that's how it began. <laughs> Welcome to Podlander Drivecast, not one podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi. And we have a special guest with us today. This is Jen. Hi, Mom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hi, Kathleen. Uh, and we are doing our first ever like grab bag. We want to talk about your questions episode. Usually, when we do these bonus episodes, it'll be one topic, or we'll be doing one of the drunk cast awards. Those things are certainly coming back. But in this, and I checked today, the only bye week in all of this season of Outlander. Oh, good. From here on out, we go straight on through to December, and then it's done. Okay. Uh, so then we're just going to have to find other things to talk about. I guess so. No more six-month hiatuses. The people were not happy with us. Mm-mm-mm. They were not. Um, anyway. But it was too long. It was just too long. See, Jan knows. Um, we are going to answer some questions and share some thoughts that you shared with us. Uh, if we get your Twitter handle wrong, it's uh, because we've already been drinking. So I'm really sorry. Um, but we'll retweet all the things you sent us so people know where to come to get them. Uh, and if this is something 
you end up liking, let us know and we'll do it more often. But uh, the people, they really want us to know how Julie and Janine and I became friends. Um, that is true. That was um, the only question that was repeated by different people. Really? Yes, it was. Interesting. Yeah. Also, apparently, Julie and I sound alike. Yeah. It, that's because I, too, grew up in Arkansas. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not true. However, there is a specific thing that you should know about. These are two true... There, there are a couple, like, things in my life and Julie's life that that meet up in an interesting way. One is that I have a paralyzing fear. I really can't even describe it uh, without feeling gross. So this is a sacrifice I'm making for you. I have a paralyzing fear of this... <laughs> Oh. Would you like me to say it for you? <laughs> no, it's not better when you do it. <laughs> of the sound that when you take a, like a Morton salt container and you pull, and you pull out the chute. <laughs> she cannot abide it. Like I can't be in the room. Uh, Tom has managed to do it a couple times for being like, hey, will you give me that towel? And then I turn around and he goes... Oh God! What a dick. <laughs> anyway, um, I think he just forgets, though, right? And Julie, so so that is my thing. My thing is a salt thing. Here is a Julie fear. <laughs> I cannot explain it, you guys. Well, actually, yes, I can. I can't explain mine. She can I, explain hers. I abhor the sight, the thought of a slug. I cannot. I can't. And I think it's a combination of two factors. Number one, eyes on stocks. Not cool. But then you're like, wait a minute, what about snails? And I'm like, hey, man, snails are cool. Because they have modesty. They carry their little house with them. Slugs are fucking naked and shameless with their eyes on stocks. And they're disgusting. Don't you feel like so? Julie and I figured out <laughs> we got an Owen meeting. We've got an Owen <laughs> So, uh, if you've never read a prayer for Owen meeting, I highly recommend it. But it's sometimes you just meet somebody and you have the right set of skills to tackle a very particular obstacle. And it's just that destiny has put you together for this one moment. <laughs> so, know that in the event of a snail apocalypse, slug apocalypse, snails are cool, man. Yeah. They have those houses on their backs. They, they are modest. Uh, oh, slug, yeah. And the amount of slugs blossoms. <laughs> I have no problem with slugs. Julia has oh. no problem with salt. Nope. Together, we're actually more disadvantaged than everyone else. <laughs> and yet, we can still survive. But another is that um, Julie has a thing where the more she drinks, the stronger her accent gets. That is very I true. I have a thing where the more I drink, the more I pick up other people's accents. And it hadn't <laughs> occurred to me that that might be happening on the show until we had a couple of people tell us that we sound alike. Because Julie and I don't actually sound that much alike. Nah. Although we are often mistaken for either sisters, a couple or sisters. Yes, we yeah. have definitely gotten asked if we are sisters before, and many times we have been asked if we are lovers. And I should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're also not sisters. Um, although we should do that at karaoke sometimes. Sisters, sisters. Can I be the slutty one? Yeah, doy. Oh, no, but then I want to be Rosemary Clooney. And then I could just eat the whole time, and that would be fun. Yeah, but the the slutty one, like, would just look at you eating and go barf. Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry. White Christmas. I know. You, you guys. know, eating disorders are not funny. They are not funny. But we've been drinking. Um, <laughs> also, so, I need to quit eating so much because I know you can hear my mouth sounds. <laughs> but I'm so hungry. And I bought us Walker shortbread. It'll be, it's like last week when I couldn't I stop a, eating your, your dip. The feta dip. I, I did find that if I turn, like literally turn my body away from the mic, it's not quite as bad, but you know, in the moment, in the flow. I know. Listen, just uh, eat with us. Julie yeah. got Walker shortbread, uh, I think in part because I had a rough weekend. Um, but hey, I love talking to these clowns and attempting to be funny. And now there's also Walker shortbread, but it is not shaped like a penis. 
God damn it. I don't know. Uh, can we talk for a second before we do anything else? And I want to hear from Jen just about what she's so far. Can we talk for a moment? About how crazy it is that Outlander tweeted that what is what is Jamie not good at thing? That was insane. I couldn't believe it. it yes. I was thinking about this this week that like they – someone on that show has got to be listening to us. No. Yes. Yeah, somebody I, – I, I mean – Allison, I, I had – we've been doing it for so long. And I don't expect any of them to tweet back at us or tell us. Of course listen, not. But someone's listened to us. <laughs> no. Whatever intern at Stars is running the Outlander Twitter account <laughs> is listening. To is listening. Mm-hmm. If and to that person, hey Daphne, if you're out there, you. uh, <laughs> just just give us a little hat tip. Just just something, an Easter egg. Let us know come on. that this is real. That you're stealing our fucking jokes. All you have to do is say grapefruit. <laughs> just say grapefruit. Yeah, I think it was homage. Yeah. I don't think it was outward. No, 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 no. That's like some well, Carlos Mencia bullshit. Say, <laughs> they didn't say anything about weak semen. Uh, also, I. I I don't know if you're a listener, but you dear, wonderful, precious cherub, my sweet summer child, you out there who we made a weak semen joke and then you made a strong semen joke because you thought our joke about semen wasn't about semen. Um, I I'm so sorry. You. Um, it was wonder. It was just opening Twitter and seeing that I was like, oh, you precious lamb. I love you so much. I'm very proud of you for making that semen joke. It was a good joke, but... It was better when we made it. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, it's just... Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes, like, you just have to check that you're not explaining the joke when you think you're making the joke. Because that it happens a lot on Twitter. It's easy. You just you play it fast and loose and you think you're making a joke and you're actually explaining the joke. This usually happens with rich white men. But mm-hmm. it uh, happens other circumstances too. Case puns, in, puns are very hard on Twitter. Yes. Puns do not do well on Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. case in point to what Allison just said, I don't tweet often because that's basically what I end up doing most of the time. So I'm like, well, nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Stop that. Uh, I should silent. also say, um, because it, I just heard Janine say that in our headphones because science is magic. Um, I want to thank everybody out there who has repeatedly over and over and over again in every format in which they can reach us said, I'm so glad Janine has a mic now because the, the collective delight over being able to hear Janine is it's very special for me. It is. It's good. <laughs> Sometimes I have to be browbeaten to doing something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Jen, hi. You may remember Jen from another episode she was on. I don't remember which one. Devil's Mark. Devil's Mark. Oh, of course. Of course. I was here for the witch trial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Appropriate. Oh, it's good. Uh, Jen is also the one who gave us both tarot readings a couple of weeks ago. So she. Where we got some dick rocks. And I got a little deer with some dick rocks. Actually, Aaron, I have a photo of that. Can Can you do my tarot? I didn't bring them. What did you do? I can do it. Though. Oh, yeah, because we were going to do it last time, but then, uh, then we just went long. Whatever. Yeah. We'll see. It yeah. was, we have a tarot deck is very good for that because it's super pagan. It's it like is. The, the paganiest tarot deck you've ever Look seen. It's like a- extra oh British Isles. Oh my god. I that know. is the dick rock with the baby uh, oh. title deer. Credits yes. here. Yeah. Credits here. Holy crap. Uh, yes. Also, whichever one of you, I don't know who it is because you have a private Instagram account. I mean, one of you was was Molly. So, hey, Molly, what's up? Um, <laughs> but somebody else, Artsy Bell, Tiffany. Tiffany, I don't know. Maybe I know you. I am not sure. But you have a private Instagram account. And she came into my Instagram and said, RIP credits, dear. And it made me so happy. So, (laughs) Tiffany, if you're out there, tell us who you are. um, Because that's amazing. 
Uh, I didn't realize that I had drunk cast listeners I don't know personally that were on my Instagram, Instagram. feed. <laughs> I sometimes forget that social media is public. I don't even know how Instagram works, you guys. It's pretty simple. There are pictures and people look at them. Okay. And sometimes there are little videos. Okay. And then sometimes those videos disappear after 24 hours. So All the right. next time you want to put a boob out there. <laughs> Instagram's um, your jam. <laughs> well, you have to put like a sticker over the boob because of it. Whatever. Anyway, Jen. Because of the patriarchy. Uh, so Jen is back uh, for the first time since the Devil's Mark, although we've also hung out with her mom since then, and we've seen her <laughs> jokes, and we've been taking credit for some of them. <laughs> I always, I'm no Carlos Mencia. <laughs> I always credit Ooh, her. This is going to be the episode where we go hard on credit Carlos Mencia, Man. huh? I mean, no Dane Cook. No love for going to happen one day. No love for Dane Cook, Con. Let's. Oh, you're not a Dane Cook. Um, Jen, what have you thought of this season so far? Um, I have. I've really enjoyed the season, though. The end of the last episode. The final moments uh, in the print shop, I feel like, I think I said this to you guys, I feel like both the episode that preceded it and the whole season leading up to it could have kind of tanked it, and yet they nailed that moment so well that I think I would have forgiven them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was so satisfying. Janine hasn't seen this moment yet, right? No. He will see it next week. He heard week. us talk about it at length yeah. last week. Yeah. But yeah. he will see it. If they don't show it, it next week, then we're going to stop and watch the scene mm-hmm. and then watch the episode. And you're going to come watch the episode, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, I, actually, cool. I actually forgot we were doing a bye week this week, and I got excited. Because like when you guys said we're meeting at this time, I was like, wait, don't we have to watch something? And I got sad. Yeah, Cause next I, Sunday. Cause next Sunday night, at 2 p.m. My episode's coming up. I'm excited. Extra yeah. long yeah. episode. Extra hey. long. Extra. When I told Neil that they actually said that in some of the marketing stuff, he was like, no. <laughs> and I said, Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think that's they said called extra marketing long. to your target no. audience. Yes, they said extended, extended, extended episode. episode. Oh, we said extra long. Yes, we did. <laughs> All right, you're right. We're filthy. <laughs> it's fine. It's on brand. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm favorite, so filthy. <laughs> my favorite thing that happened to me online this week that has to do with our little podcast here was when I did your Welcome Wednesday this week. It was John Coinface. Ba- yeah, it's Coinface. Is it John Barry or David, David Barry? Bar- I think it's David Barry. See, every time you say that, I get confused with the Florida sometimes, like yeah. the writer. <laughs> anyway, um, and so I said I'd buy that for a dollar because I was making a hilarious Robocop joke. And then David Barry. And then somebody Ooh. said, wouldn't it be I buy that for a pound? And my response was, yes, yes. it would. And I would. <laughs> Hashtag filthy. <laughs> uh, my favorite was when I was respond I was doing the um, and this it's not about me. This is about how amazing gifts are. <laughs> but I was doing the um, the like, hey, last call, send us your questions or whatever. And I found this gift. I can't believe we never used it. I can't believe we never used it. And hand one to Claire. And I was like, that's perfect. No one is going to top that. And then, as fucking always, always, every time, because she's so good. Dots underscore poetry underscore corner. We love you, girl. I posted that and said, I can't believe I've never used that gift before. And she found a Joe Abernathy gif that is him saying, I can't believe you held out on me. She's <laughs> like, how? How? I'm leaning back so I can yell appropriately. How? <laughs> how on earth do you, I, no matter how good our She's gifts really are, good. your gifts are always better. She's really good. You're just mm-hmm. a treasure. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Should we get to some of these questions? Yeah. Let's do some of them. Do you have anything else you want to say about the season? Um, I'm so, so, so glad that Murtaugh's alive. <sighs> okay. I have a little tiny complaint to lay out. Okay. Uh, without being specific about who I was talking to or what I was talking about, because it's not 
a thing I can talk about. A friend who works on, um, who writes about television shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone else he knows was writing some posts about a specific television show and and was posting like theories about what was going to happen. And then got a call from the press rep for that show who basically said, hey, we're just going to give you screeners and photos and like access to people because you have to stop posting that shit. You're ruining the show for people. It's too accurate. (laughs) And I thought... I mean, I fucking called Myrta. Where are our screeners and our access to the cast? Come on. It's just the interns. I though. called it. It's just- I called it. <laughs> Daphne, if you're listening, I called it. I totally called it. You should be getting, you should be like, no, okay, if you could just keep, ma- stop making those predictions, like talk to the painful news. Talk to him. Talk to him. Oh, no. Do we need to start oh theorizing God. about how Frank is going to come back? Because I'll do it, Daphne. Yeah. He's Daphne. Not- He's not. I know. <laughs> um, really? Don't take that away from me. Man, there's not going to be flashbacks. Well, no, there will probably be flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But there's no reincarnation. And there's one thing. There's one thing where there's like maybe like a vision or a ghost or something. But I don't even know if that'll be that. like, That's like, like two books from now. It's not like they go back further and meet the guy before uh, BJ. Oh my god! If they create a subplot. If the what, but what if they did? Jenny? I would love that no, before or after, whatever. They just find some other Randall for them to talk. I would love that. Oh. I'm sorry, didn't Alex Randall and what's her name have a baby and it's been 20 years? Oh, shit. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daphne, uh-huh. we're about to get called by Star. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, why is my phone ringing? <laughs> Get my number. We're about to get fucking called by stars. You got to shut your trap. Seriously, quit stealing our jokes. Okay. Um, so, let's do some questions. Okay. So, pardon me while I eat this apple because I'm fucking healthy. Okay. I went to our Facebook page and our Twitter feed and I called together a list of questions that you, uh, our fans, who are so awesome, have put together for us. The first one was, how did you and Allison become friends? Which... We've already heard Allison's um, perspective. We'll hear some more later. Yeah, later. Not now. But we will move on to Caitlin Boyd on Facebook asked, wondering if you've ever streamed your podcast on video. Also, I'm just going to say it, on your next episode, if you have time, would you mention how you guys became friends and what got you started with the (laughs) podcast? We didn't actually talk about what got us started with a podcast. So we can first, give an honest answer to that one. Live streaming, second. You mean the tennis answer wasn't an honest answer? We don't know yet. I'm Rashomon. Sure it was honest. It was honest. It's, what she, it's what she remembers. Okay. It's Rashomon. But but I have definitely been incepted, so like I don't. You can't count on anything I say. So. Live stream. Would we ever do a live stream? We've and tried, and there have been hiccups. This is a Janine question. So like what's happened, so we've done a couple of live shows, and in the time in which we've had put them together. I've learned how to do live streams, but I don't have like, I'm kind of hobbling together all of this stuff and learning as I go. And the last time we tried, I know I can do it, but there would have been a delay. And then when the day came, I hadn't actually practiced and I didn't, I wasn't able to do it. So shame on me. But Soon though, right? We're, we can do it. I still have all the equipment. So if you do watch one of our live streams, what it'll end up being is it might end up being a little frustrating because the audio won't match up with us. Yeah. Uh, so that could be really frustrating. But you know, we and you guys were quick. Yeah, we're just, quick. Come to the bottom. Tell you this: if you find me on Instagram, I don't post anything inter- interesting on Instagram, so don't be excited. But <laughs> if you find late. me on Instagram, I think I'm Allison Shue like I am everywhere else. Um, let me just check. 
Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What the hell? Who am I? What am I for? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Allison Shoot. Anyway, find me on Instagram. Maybe when Janine is watching next week, we can do a live Instagram story. Yeah. Actually, that stuff would better be a lot easier than what yeah. I was trying to do. Um, so find me there. Uh, I still would love eventually to live stream a show or two. We could also probably find a way to just like... I mean, we just use record our- what we're doing and it doesn't have to be live and we'll just post it on YouTube occasionally because really here's what you'd be seeing if you were seeing a live stream. <laughs> Let's picture it. Yeah. It's hey, Rogers the Park. Four of us, we are, we are 2017. All completely nude. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're sitting around I the have, table. I have socks on. It's chilly out. It is mm-hmm. a little bit chilly. It is a little bit chilly. Would you say that there is a nip in the air? <laughs> there are at least six nips in the air. <laughs> six? That's weird. I don't know. Well, I don't know. And you say which two of us are only providing one nip to the table? <laughs> one from is me. One from is me. One nipple only. Oh, one nipple. I actually, <laughs> I actually have negative one nipple, so I'm erasing one of your nipples. Anyway, weirdo. So is it like smooth like a Barbie or? Jesus. <laughs> I have two nipples. It's fine. Maybe I have three. You don't know. Anyway, you don't know. You'll never know. Um, so we're all totally nude. Mm-hmm. Other than that, here's what is actually happening. Uh, we're sitting around Julie's kitchen table. There are snacks, which normally I would never do on a podcast, but we drink on this thing. And I'm sorry, we love you guys, but we're not going to be consistently hung over once a week just for you. <laughs> so we have to munch a little because it's we put down a lot of We drink a lot of booze, you guys. We take this fucking seriously. Yeah, you know what? I have done one of these relatively sober, and it is not the same. Listen, we're about 20 minutes in, and we're all a beer in already. So yeah, I'm you know a beer what? and a half in you guys. We, we can catch we up. Had a lot to, we, we got two growlers. I came from a debating Doctor Who meetup. Listen. Come on. I was at a bar before this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so, prepped and ready. Yeah. I am like <laughs> locked and loaded. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, and we, uh, you know, talk to each other like we would if we were just, in fact, here's the thing that we could actually do. We could say, hey guys, let's record a podcast and then not put up any equipment. <laughs> And just sit around the table and talk for an hour, and it would be exactly the same. It would be exactly the same. We would uh, probably like spoil things more, um, and then also make fun of child actors, which we don't do on the air. Yeah, (laughs) we we would. And I would feel bad about it, but we would do that. No, not that bad. Why don't we just live stream right now? Oh my god! Okay, I'm not I mean, ready for this. Hold on, you guys keep doing. You guys go keep. Talking. Okay, all right. Janine's getting all internet over there. Use my but how we get start, got started doing the podcast, Julie? Do you want to? I um, have a horrible memory. <laughs> um, so really, all I remember is is that the show was about to start, and I was interested in watching the show because my aunt had raved about these books for many years, and I had never read them. But I had a little bit of an understanding of what they were about. And then I saw a photo of Sam Hewen. And I was like, oh, I should watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and we had stars at the time um, when we still had the cables. And uh, so Neil, Neil and I watched it. Neil called it my special lady program. Um, <laughs> although he enjoys it. Do not let him lie to you. <laughs> and I think out was I know it was your idea to do the podcast because I'm an old. I didn't even know these things existed. She was like, "Why don't you? We'll just go on and shoot the shit and talk about the show. You watch the show. I've read the books, so we'll be able to be both." And then I don't even remember how we hooked up with this Janine, but it was definitely the missing ingredient because we needed somebody a with the fucking equipment and b who knew how to run it. And then it just happened to be a nice guy. So. 
Oh, thanks. I can fill in some details there. Good, because so, like I said, it's like a cheese grater in there. It just holes everywhere. Um, so so um, the most important... Oh, God. We're going to laugh cry at some point. So the most important thing you can know about the show is the entire reason it exists. The reason that I thought that we should do it is that this is exactly what it's like when Julie and I talk about television. Like, it's just... Um, uh, we are usually drunk and that's not like true. in life, but when we're talking about television, speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, we have done two separate things with another friend of ours named Mora, where we watch a television show. We get together, we try for like once a month, but it's actually like once every three months because everybody's busy and we watch something and eat a lot of really good food and get hammered. <laughs> and first we did Mad Men. No, breaking, no bad. breaking bad, and we called it breaking bun brunch, brunch because or brunching bad. We use them interchangeably. I like brunching bad better. Yeah, so we would like have brunch and snacks and cheese and alcohol and, and beer mimosas and beer mimosas. Beer mimosas is the way to go. Yes. <laughs> and then we did the same thing with most of Mad Men before everybody got too busy and we had to stop. But Julie and I have done this with RuPaul's Drag Race. We do it right now. We spend a lot of time talking about the Good Place, which you should all be watching. Yes, please. We do. We certainly do that with Crazy Ex Girlfriend. In fact, right before we started recording, we were starting to talk about the premiere of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which again you should also watch. Um, so it was really like, well, I don't. I don't think we would have to put that much thought into it. I think we could just record what we do and it would be funny. Uh, and at the time, because I am both painfully insecure and deeply honest, I thought <laughs> it'll work out perfectly because I'm a TV critic and Julie is funny. Fuck that, man. <laughs> hey, fans, tell her she's fucking funny. I don't funny. need you to tell me I'm funny. I'm occasionally funny. She doesn't need you to, but tell her anyway. Yeah, oh, just God. do it anyway. No, please don't. You guys, you guys, come over tell here. Tell her in gift form. Come no. over here in the corner. <laughs> in the corner away from Allison. Shh, shh, shh. She can't hear us. <laughs> That's not how it works. She can't hear us at all. I'm it's literally like, wearing headphones she and sitting right next to you. It's a super secret. She can't hear us. I was distracted with something shiny. Totally. Okay. <laughs> Would you Ew, please asshole. just send her a gift? No. Yeah, come on. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, oh, oh Allison, you're there. <laughs> anyway. When did you get here? Anyway, Patty. <laughs> I, uh, the, the whole thing was like, if uh, if you were going to elevate a pitch it to somebody, it would be like, I'm the TV critic and Julie is funny and I've read the books and Julie is not, um, which is an oversimplification because Julie is also a very insightful critic, though it's not what she does professionally. It's true. That's very kind. It's very true. Uh, and I'm occasionally funny. So it's not as cut and dry as that. But uh, then I wrote Janine, Aaron, an email. It was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Can I sell you on this? Is it a thing maybe you would do with us? And he was like, well, sure. Let's have a meeting. And in true drunk cast form, we got hammered. Yeah, where'd we go? <laughs> During we the meeting, just... our public house. We were at our public oh, house. Yeah. Uh, we ate some burgers and we drank a lot of beer. And it was like, great. Let's have this car. What, like, what could it be? How should it work? All these things. Great conversation. Great. Let's hang out. And then we got into a huge argument about Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah. And I cried in the bar. So... <laughs> And the podcast was And the podcast came screaming into the next day. I got an email (laughs) and it was like, hey. We're cool. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah, I still want to do the podcast. I was like, great, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. And then we start for those relatively new. We called him Janine in the very first episode, totally impulsively and unplanned, because he's the Annie Potts of our podcast. Of our Ghostbusters. Uh, and then it, yes, it's of our Ghostbusters. And Annie Potts' character in Ghostbusters is named Janine. So Who's Bankman? 
<sighs> Not me. I, are you Venkman? Uh, no, I think you're probably Venkman. I'm Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> just Let's be real. I'm Rick Moranis. <laughs> just, just to hit on the Janine thing, though. I mean, but at the time, it's Chris Hemsworth who is playing Janine. That's right. That's right. Don't forget. Is probably the most accurate description of me. That's so, really true. Never forget. Like Chris I Hemsworth. look Never just forget. like him. It I was am, you, like, the Thor movie would be very confusing for my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it was for me. I was watching. The first, I, the first podcast recording was very confusing for me. Why? Is Chris Hemsworth sitting here? <laughs> sitting <laughs> in the microphone. What is he doing? It was weird. What is this guy? And I didn't say anything at the time because, you know, you want to act cool in front of Chris Hemsworth. You want to keep your shit together. And yet you can't. But he's used to it. It's fine. Yeah. It's cool. He's- oh, I had a conversation today with the lovely Caroline Sita and the lovely Alistair Wilkins. Um, uh, Caroline, maybe someday will come be on the podcast. Outliner's not her thing, but she will watch any TV show if you ask her nicely. And um, Alistair is the person I do debating Doctor Who with. And we were talking about the Chris's. And they were both mm. of the opinion that Chris Pine wouldn't even be in Chris contention if Fuck it weren't that. for all those other Chris's. Fuck that. That's what I disagreed. What? Like he is probably my number two Chris and it's a tie. Like, are you saying like he's like maybe the outlier of the Chris's? Like, because he of the wouldn't other Chris's? be, their opinion was he wouldn't be a Chris if there weren't already so many Chris's. Like, because then it was just easy to lump in another Chris. And I just, and, and no. their argument was that everything you get from Chris Pine, you get from either Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth. Worth. So there's not a true. Of, I agree. If there's, a, if there's a spectrum of Chris's, Chris Pine is on that spectrum. I agree. He's, he's, he's on the he's end. He's in my top two. He's in okay. the, he's in the so end of the spectrum. Who's your top Chris? My top Chris, uh, it, it, it's a really hard fight between Chris Pine and um, Chris Evans. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle. It's a battle. Mm-hmm. But I think that Chris Pine might be funnier. Chris Pine's totally funnier, and uh, that's a, that's like a fucking deal breaker. His SNL is good. Yeah, that's yeah. a deal breaker for me. I'm sorry, about, he did a successful Prince Charming in Into the Woods. He was yes. maybe the so, only good part of Into the Woods. Also, in the first uh, of the movie, not the musical. I want to make this really clear: Into the Woods the musical is amazing. Into the Woods the movie is badly conceived. But <laughs> Chris Pine is brilliant. In the first J.J. <laughs> Abrams Star Trek movie, when he plays young Kirk, at first I was like, "Who's this jackhole?" And then there was one moment where he walked downstairs just like William Shatner and I was like I love you <laughs> I have a I have a uh, uh Maybe. Also, he was hot in Wonder Woman. I have a, I have a third or fourth degree story about uh, Chris Pine, actually, about yes. Star Trek. So I, I know Chris Pine from uh, Bottle Shock, which is actually a really interesting movie. That was one of his like first like leading roles that was really kind of on the big radar. Um, and that movie had just come out, and then he had also just got cast. And so the trailer was coming out for uh, Star Trek. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I'd go to the Cinerama Dome all the time mm-hmm. where they would show this. And I knew people who worked there, and I had a number of people tell me that Chris Pine would sometimes show up at the Cinerama Dome just to see the trailer and to see people reacting to Star Trek being a thing. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. That's wonderful. I was so excited. He was really he excited. Was your favorite Chris. So happy. My favorite Chris is... Um, I can't believe none of you asked us this. I'm asking us this. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Chris, uh, you know, it's hard because I'm really bad... Uh, I don't know. Like, I... They all have their positives. I don't want to give one a favorite versus the other. Um, but Chris Evans is the Chris that I would like to be. Mm, okay. You know? Because, like, cap. the guy, like, he's, he's – he's, it's very obvious to me that he's a kind, nice dude who's trying really hard but also knows that he's, like, 
He's in a position of incredibly power. Incredibly hot. And incredibly hot. Yeah. Um, and like, he also doesn't want to be famous. Like, he doesn't like being famous. Yeah. And I don't think that's a PR stunt. I think that's real. Yeah. Like, I think he's grossed out by it. Also, he dated Jenny Slate, which is incredible. I know. It's so neat. Yeah. Who just showed up on Peter, by the way. I told yeah. Well, that's when I told you when you needed to look out for the, the sister. Well, I told Neil. I was like, that's Jenny Slate. And he's like, who? And I was like, get off my couch. <laughs> we have to get divorced now. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So I think Chris Evans is that. Also, just because his career has been very interesting to me to watch, uh, especially considering that he's uh, this is not unique to him, but I, I think that he is someone who has done a good job in both of his super superhero roles uh, as the Human Torch and then as Captain oh, America. That's right, he was the Human Torch. Yeah, and I think he did. A, I think he's done a great job, and I, I don't think I've, I've confused the two characters at all, which is tough to do when you're kind of jumping inside of the same universe like that too. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, right. I appreciate that. Jen, top Chris, Chris Eccleston. Allison just fell out of her fucking chair. Yeah, that loud sound you just heard. So I had a minor heart attack. Somebody resuscitated me. I died and I came back. God. Oh. Change of the game. Jen Moniz. She just elevated our entire conversation. I didn't know that British dudes were allowed. I didn't know how to expand my Chris count. Now I do. You know what? From now on, I'm always going to say, yeah, but have you considered Chris Eccleston? Uh, and everybody's going to be like, oh, now I don't know how to respond. <laughs> like, I have to recalibrate everything I know about the Chris's. Um, I, all I can say is that my top Chris is not Chris Pratt, which makes me really sad because he would have been totally in contention for my top Chris for a while because he's great on Parks and Rec. And I really love the first Guardians movie. And then there's just something since then. There, it feels less sincere. It feels less fun. But I don't know. I love The Pine. I love the Evans. Chris Hemsworth gave an interview recently where they were talking to him about his career and doesn't he miss being at home? Where And I'm paraphrasing his answer, but it was basically like, well, yeah, but I mean, I'm famous right now basically for doing one thing. Taking my shirt off. Well, being four, sure. <laughs> He's very funny. He's in the so movies. funny in Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm, like is. I know he's he's but good. I'm famous for one thing, thing yeah. and it, that's not going to last forever. So I feel like yes, I wish I was home with my family, but I need to figure out like how to make sure that I can keep doing my job once I'm done being Thor. Because right now I feel like I'm done being Thor, and I probably just disappear. So I have to work really hard to like make a place for myself so that I can keep getting paid to do the thing I like. And I was like, you are. A delight. Mm-hmm. And I think That's so it's it's in a completely different sphere, but that feels really familiar. You have mm-hmm. to think about when you're not gonna be real like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is only going to be four seasons. And yesterday I was like, well, I got to start thinking about like what the TV show that people identify with me with is going to be once Crazy Ex-Girlfriend ends. So I guess I should probably start thinking about like what else I want to write about. I would say that also feeds into that maybe the the um, less attraction to Chris Pratt as your Chris because he – that guy, he he is good in the machine and like his thing, his shtick – will last as long as it possibly can. And mm-hmm. I'm not completely sure. I, while I think he's a very uh, thoughtful person in that regard because of his humor, I'm not completely sure that he's to a point where he has to think about that yet because yeah. he's so accessible in that way. So mm-hmm. Anyway, if I had to choose, I would probably say Evans. Although now you said Eccleston, and I just I basically compartmentalized that entire moment so that I don't have to deal with it because I'm not <laughs> capable of making that choice right now. That's funny. Um, Sorry, I will just say a quick sideboard just because you mentioned Thor. Uh, for those of you on Twitter, if you don't follow uh, Nico Case, she's currently in Sweden and has been posting a lot of tweets about the conversation she has with a statue of Thor there about masculinity, <laughs> toxic masculinity versus feminine masculinity. 
And so if you do not follow Nico Case on Twitter, just immediately start following Nico Case on Twitter because those tweets alone made my weekend. That's awesome. Yes. That's amazing. All right, where were we? <laughs> okay, so that, I think that Have started... Have we actually answered any of the questions? Sort of. Okay. I think that that started with the... Description um, of where, well, how'd you guys meet me? And yeah, how, how, how we, we met together met. and like how we got this whole thing together. Sorry, I'm drunk. And also the uh, live cast, which I think we answered. Okay, yeah. now <clears throat> let's move on. We've got two from Dr. J. Always right. teaching us fundamentals. We love you, Dr. J. Should I say her name or should she just always be Dr. J? Be Dr. J because we Dr. haven't asked permission. All right. Um, so uh, from Facebook, do you guys ever watch the episodes with Ron D. Moore's podcast in the background? No. You're not the first person to ask us that. And eventually I'm going to have to do it uh, because I find I, I find it really interesting. We certainly watch the things at the end where they the like behind the scenes video. Um and so maybe, I, I don't know, I could probably find time to, no, I couldn't. Who am I kidding? Maybe someday. Maybe I'll start doing that on my commutes. Wait, I don't commute anymore. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it at least once, just for you, Dr. Jeremy J. Jeremy Droughtlander, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't okay. know that we're going to have a long one again, though. I think that they pissed everybody off so bad last time they're not going to do oh, that no. anymore. It, I mean, they've started filming season four, but it's going to be a fall rollout from now on, oh, I think. Woof. All but right. we were, we're going to find all kinds of ways to fill your hearts with joy. All right. So this is a um, throwback, which we did discuss on the podcast, but not in like serious depth. Uh, Dr. J asks, any thoughts on the drama between Terry Dresback and Simplicity Patterns about them uh, taking her designs. She seems to really love and support cosplayers who recreate her looks, but was understandably upset that Simplicity just kind of took them and started selling them. Mm. What are y'all's thoughts? I think it's some fucking bullshit. And like, is this something that costume designers of really um, popular franchises or shows or something just always have to deal with? Maybe. Does this happen a lot? I, I mean, I don't remember Mad Men clothes being a thing. When Mad Men was on the air, I don't remember suddenly, like, you know, a whole line of pencil skirts suddenly flooding the stores. Well, right. I, I mean, but I did buy a pen necklace from Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there weren't pen necklaces before. But I totally right. bought that pen necklace. And I feel self-conscious wearing it because I just know someone's going to go, Mad Men, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say I bought it on Amazon. Tom got it for me. It was very thoughtful. It was a very thoughtful Christmas present. You know what you should say is, when they say, Mad Men, huh? You go, yeah. What's it to you, asshole? No, I should go, yeah. You too? And then they'll go, yeah, I just love that scene when Peggy is roller skating through the empty offices. That's just down the line for you. Julie hasn't seen all of Mad Men yet. Just wait till the roller skating. Also, there's a point when she's holding a a, a piece of artwork that's tentacle porn. That's pretty awesome. Oh, God. (laughs) What? Yeah, that's real. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my thoughts are it's complete and total theft. Anything else? I feel like that's like, uh, I can see how it's fucked up too. Cause it's like the, it's one thing to have individuals uh, adapting or trying to like show, but then when it's turned into a corporate interest and then making money mm-hmm. off of that thing yeah. that, and without any sort of like, like competition. Well, that's, or, that's the difference. A fan dressing up as a character from your show yeah. is a way of, for the fans to celebrate and show their affection for and they're the not series selling, and the characters, yeah. Yeah. but they're not making any money off of that. Mm-hmm. The day that somebody dresses up in one of those costumes and charges somebody, everybody who sees them five bucks. <laughs> then that's <laughs> bullshit. Them, then that would be bullshit. Well, but here's an in-between place then. And I'm, okay. I mean, I agree it's bullshit. I think that there are complexities, I'm sure, legal and otherwise, but it's bullshit. And yet, 
you can probably, and I haven't checked, but certainly this is true. In fact, we had a conversation on debating Doctor Who last night about cosplay. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. But as a result, I know for sure that there are, like, you can get, you don't watch, you do watch, you do watch, right? Yeah. Mm. So you can get an Oud mask on Etsy, um, including there are a lot of crocheted ski masks that are Oud masks where the part in front of your mouth has then, like, red curly cues coming off the front. And it made me laugh really hard. I think I would like that. Right? So... <laughs> Is there a difference between simplicity making a pattern of the red dress and somebody on Etsy making the red dress and selling it to a cosplayer? Like, is the distinction as a cosplayer just whether or not you can sew? This is, it's interesting because like... Is it different because it's not a corporation? I would, I would expand the question, but I don't want to take too far away from maybe an answer that might, maybe Jen has. Um... Yeah, it's def- I definitely see why you think that's a gray area, but as far as I'm concerned, if, for example, somebody made a single one of those and then decided to sell it, I would go ahead and say, no, we can let that go. If they make several hundred of them and sell them, you're not okay. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as you're mass producing something, if if you, Allison, were going to go, if I happen to sew, which I do not. But if you, Allison... She does literally everything else, but she doesn't sew. No, not at all. Um, but if you, Allison, were going to go to a Comic-Con, and I sewed, and you said, I'll give you 200 bucks to make me a dress that's exactly like this, I think that that's fine. Yeah. However, if I then took that pattern and made 50 of them and sold them online, it's not fine anymore. I would say, too, that, like... So, to, to expand the question... Um, because uh, I actually I think this is a really interesting problem that we're going to have to come up come come to terms with as time goes on as a society is that what is intellectual property and how do we how do we talk about compensation and whatnot because as we move forward and like we think about things like three D printing and um, uh, I might as well be more drunk because this is definitely going to get heady like what is it to own something when it's just a design but we can create it no matter what like the mm. the test of our uh, like intellectual property previously oh, yeah. <laughs> Take mine. Yeah. Uh, has been this idea that like well only this person can make it you know and maybe mm-hmm. this and maybe it, if you're copying it then you should be giving it giving them credit back to them but if we can suddenly make an iPhone or you know put a pattern into a sewing machine that can automatically make something like and we can those patterns that oh my god the day somebody can make an iPhone in their own like garage Apple is going to have that person kidnapped and locked in a cave. Absolutely, you are right. But that is, a, but that's a question for us, right? That we have to like start addressing because even now, as we we're dealing with you know music pirating, which has happened for such a long time since the, the times of Napster, now we're having mm-hmm. movies a big thing. Like, and it's expa- that that creative thing is expanding further and further and further. What is the definition of uh, creative? What? Why do we have intellectual property? Mm-hmm. which is one paying people because we should be paid for the work we do. But mm-hmm. we live in a society that requires that particular capitalistic nature. And that's the thing that I think we're going to have to become faced with, especially mm-hmm. as we talk about something that is another fear of Julie's automation. Oh. <laughs> um, you had to bring me down. I'm sorry. But like, you know, these are things that are, that are inescapable. And so how do we deal with it as a society? Well, and especially intellectual property in the arts is such a, 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 a 
people often talk about the gray area of it, but, you know, artists are always talking about the fact that artists probably more than any other profession are constantly being asked to do their jobs for free yes. because it's like, but isn't this a really great opportunity for you? Don't you love this it? Thing? Don't like, you need the exposure? Yes. Yeah. The number of, I mean, if you look in the music world, the number of people who are um, asked to be the opening act of a major band and be paid nothing because Ugh. it's like, but you're going to get exposed to this whole new group of people. Why do we have to give you money? It's like, um, because they We're should doing be compensated for their work because yeah. that's how it should always work. I have uh, a couple of random little side notes, okay. and I'm pretty sure I just forgot both of them. Again, I started... I'm <laughs> 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 walker shortbread. I will. But um, one that I will say is uh, in like... Two, it's going to take me like two years. But in like two years, I will have convinced my friend Dominic, who's my editor at COS. So he's the uh, editor for the film, the the film, the site I primarily write about film for. Um, gave me really good advice because uh, I was recently asked uh, by somebody I really like to contribute to a site they're starting for free, um, which is fine. And there are a lot of people doing that. And that is fine if that is a thing you want to do. Uh, but I was like, hey, I got this request. And like, first of all, it's a friend. And second, I just like don't want to say no because I, I feel like I should be getting my byline out there all the time. And he in Gchat, so the emphasis is mine, said, absolutely not. You get paid for your byline. That's literally everything he said. And I went, oh, okay. Thanks, Dominic. So in two years, when I've convinced Dominic Suzanne Mayer to watch Outlander, and then he starts <laughs> listening to the podcast, he's going to hear this. And then I'm going to get a text message that's going to be like, Hey, I just got to that episode. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I look forward to that. Uh, what the hell else were we talking about? Intellectual property. Sorry. We started with the costume else? question. Yeah. Yes. Well, and yes. And went down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here is the thing. Just because I'm curious, jumping off of this, do you, do any of you have like a, a particular cosplay experience, either doing it yourself, although I'm guessing nobody at the table has? No. Although maybe you did? You, you seem like maybe you would have cosplayed. Janine. Private time. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, or something oh, you've oh, seen. Oh, are we going to go where? there? Like, that I need to get a little drunker before we have that conversation. <laughs> but where you would be like, uh, well, that is the best cosplay I've ever seen. Does anybody have, like, the best cosplay I've ever seen? Uh, yes. At Wizard World. Wizard World, man. Uh, when we were there very recently, the um, woman dressed as Ray that had the little world around BB-8. Yeah. That was was really like she was perfect. The BB-8 was perfect. The fact that she had figured out how to get it like <laughs> like a little. Remember when you were a baby, and I think every single kid has this thing, you know, the little roll around popcorn thingy. Yep. Yeah, it looked like that. Amazing. Do you have one, Janine? I mean, there were there were a number of what I'm probably guessing are like professional cosplayers who were there that were not on the floor but were in that lobby area where mm -hmm. you don't have to pay to get in and I think uh, because of the uh, I think it was mostly like uh, Harley Quinn's stuff like that there um, were a lot of Harley Quinn's this year Tom was right yeah that was Tom's guess for the number one costume we would see but they were all they're all fantastic and these people are like I mean speaking I was, of Chris Eccleston they were all they fantastic were, <laughs> but done a Doctor Who's uh, as well <laughs> but I, I have like I have a friend who does uh, she's a model and she does professional cosplaying as like a model who's hired to dress up or be body painted or something like that <laughs> and like you know they seemed of that quality quality and caliber I don't imagine those people are paying royalties to the companies that are. Of course. Yeah. But they're being paid to do this thing either that's by themselves. Yeah. It is a complicated thing. But do you have mm -hmm. one that's like your favorite? I mean, 
honestly, I'm so new to that world right now in my public life that I would, if you look like something that I can recognize very acutely and think you might actually be that person, holy fuck. Like you, you win, you win lots of awards with me. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Oh, my second favorite one was the guy that was dressed as Luke Cage with the car door with all the bullet holes in it. Oh, that's fucking cool. I didn't see that one. one. That show's really good. good. Jen, do you have one? Do you have like a cosplay experience? I've never attended a con. Uh, You're coming to Wizard World with us this year. It's done. No, but my favorite favorite, um, way to see a bunch of really great cosplay stuff is actually just following uh, Margaret Atwood on Twitter. Oh, yes. She loves going to Comic-Con and watching that tiny little Canadian lady like grinning like mad with these crazy cosplayers all That's around awesome. her is just the happy making us think. Oh, hi, Sophie. Sophie. Sophie just uh, Sophie realized. Sophie hasn't saw it. Yeah, Sophie realized that there were people in this room. Hold on, yeah. you guys. I'm going to go get her. You guys keep talking. Okay. But yeah, that's um. But okay, I will have an opinion uh, next cool. time I'm on. Apparently, after I've been to Wizard World. You old lady, you get in here, Grandma McPainton. Come on. I'm not talking of us. Are you kidding? No, no, let this happen. Yeah. This, it's this boom mic that's telling. <laughs> yeah, okay, she's, so, she's gone too far away now. So because we have Jen on the show, we're using four mics. So the Janine mic is a boom mic. So like literally everything that happens in the apartment is really magnified. <laughs> it's great. It's like I've got a superpower. It's really cool. Uh, so I uh, have a couple that I really liked. Um, this year I saw a Dalacorn. Oh my so, god, I remember that. That was good. Yeah, it was somebody dressed up like a Dalek, but they were purple and sparkly, and then there was a big horn coming off the top of it. It cool. was wonderful. I like that. Um, there was somebody this year who was Beast from X-Men in Beast from Beauty and the Beast costume in the ball suit. Oh, yeah, that, that, was that was really good. good. Too. But my nice. favorite ever is, I. this was when I was at C2E2. I was covering C2E2 for Comic Book Resources, and there was this woman who had long red hair, and I'm pretty sure it was her hair, but if not, it was a very good wig lace front <laughs> and <laughs> she was wearing green robes and carrying a broomstick I was trying to figure out who she could be and then she turned around and there was a patch on the front of her cloak um, that said holy head harpies and I figured out it was Ginny Weasley when she was a professional Quidditch player for the Holyhead Harpies. That is a deep cut. It was wonderful. I took a picture. It made me, it like filled me with delight. I think that's good. I think that's actually to add to uh, to the cosplay things that I've seen. I do enjoy the mix and match or the extreme deep cuts like that. Like I wouldn't know that one, but that sounds super cool. The fact that like she was able to pick that out. That's super awesome. Uh, I will say this, you know what I've never seen? I've never seen Outlander cosplay. So, Get on it. Listeners, get the hell on it. (laughs) Come on. I need some like Galus Duncan, Scotland, Scotland, like right now, like Mm -hmm. yesterday. Guys, I will do Outlander cosplay for our next one. (gasps) What? You You heard it here first, listeners. If you help me get to that costume. You fucking hold him to it. You'll find it. And here's the thing. We'll cover you in blood. Here's the thing. I have have gray, mostly white hair and beard. So Dougal. You got to be Dougal. Or color. And we can do some other stuff. Or, uh, or Dougal. Fucking Pamplemousse. I'll be Dougal. Why not Pamplemousse? He's Pamplemousse like, has long hair. We would need a that's wig. That's true. 
Well, Listen, you know, I, I mean, we could get away. That's doable. I'm gonna and really, if we're going to be really exist. on brand, you really should be Myrta. Yeah, because he's yeah, our master. True. I kind should of. be. Yeah. I should be, and I should just have a can of Pamplemousse with me the entire time. That's <laughs> fucking so hilarious. So people who are really going to get it are people who listen to the show. Nobody who will be a wizard world but us. Uh, that is not true. We literally have we people have who come every come year to see us. You know what? That's true. We have had people come you have, you twice. Have you are really underestimating yeah, dots you, underscore poetry you, underscore I am. And, um, oh God. I didn't write her name down who's going to make me a hat. Yeah, the hat. By the way, she's going to make you. you a hat. That's so fucking awesome. That is really cool. She's always knitting at our show, too. It's so right. cool. <laughs> Should we move to the next question? Yes. Okay. Um, Dr. Dr. J, one, thank you. You're the best. Thank you, Dr. J. Always teaching us fundamentals. <laughs> uh, Molly Layton, who is our fan here in Chicago and actually a friend of ours. Yeah. She friend went, is probably more accurate. She went, she's a good friend. She went to the eclipse with me. So, so she <laughs> put not really a question, but more of a statement that I thought it was time to revisit because we haven't talked about this in a while, on Facebook. I feel like there's some sort of connection to be made with Hamilton. Hamilander. <laughs> Even if Julie is a hater. I'm not a hater. I just don't know it. So I can tell you this. When we're in... <laughs> Droughtlander. What? Why do you... I just don't like I that I just word. hate that term. We, oh. I mean, it's perfect. It's like, it's the perfect way to describe it. It's, I can't hate on anybody. It's a very elegant portmanteau. It is. It's really well <laughs> it done. It just sucks. It just bugs me. Sophie, get away from the Also, because it just sounds weird. <laughs> Droughtlander? Like, I would rather say an Outlander drought. No. I like Droughtlander. I mean, it's I a just word. It's like, it feels a little bit like moist when you say weird. it. But yeah. it's oh, it oh, yeah. as bad as moist. No, it does feel like moist. <laughs> anyway, Panties. one of the, one of the things <laughs> I promise you, one of the things that we will do in the hiatus. There you go. The what about Classy. the Highlanderatus? Is because <laughs> that sounds like the itis, like the. It sounds like a disease. Um, we'll come up with something. Why don't we just say it's off the air? You can. Can we just? <laughs> oh, I like that. That's okay. okay. Anyway, yeah. or we could call it the bear patch. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we should just say that Jamie is really, really bad at not being on the air right now. No. Anyway, no, um, at some point, I'm going to make Julie just fucking listen to Hamilton. Oh, you. By the way, the show started. Would you listen to me listening to Hamilton, or is that that couldn't be allowed, right? Because it would be a recording of. Well, the I mean, we could do like you, thirty seconds, three, piece. two, one, press play, and then people could listen to you, listen to it, and also listen to Hamilton. Or right? we, could, or we could have thirty seconds per song because that's parody level. Mm-hmm. Or I have it on headphones Ooh, and I and just, just talking during just talk. it. And yeah, yeah, but then I yeah, but then there's a certain point oh, where yeah. you don't know this, but there is a certain point where you will start crying. Oh, of course. I mean. I don't know if y'all I'm know sure this, crying. but <laughs> I cry a lot, so... <laughs> hey, guys, remember that time <laughs> that Julie cried about Tobias Menzies leaving the show? Oh, my God, I was so drunk that it was, it was so really guys. emotional. But you know what? I, it, it was I'm so partially to blame for that because I got her a little drunk. <laughs> That's when I learned that I can't have more than one beer. <laughs> bring it back in. Before the show. We're bringing it back okay. in. Okay. So um, we will do that. We will have Julie listen to Hamilton. But you should also know that before we started recording, Janine had us all do our mic tests. And Jen and I both went, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, paces fire. And Julie went, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> yeah. So what they did was very obviously, just now I'm learning this. 
A Hamilton joke, <laughs> which I didn't get because I, I don't know dick about Hamilton. I didn't get it either. It's a <laughs> <laughs> I just accepted it because it was a good volume check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was from the Ten Dual Commandments. All right, so Molly eventually is what we're saying. We'll do it. Okay, next a group of questions. Um, this is uh, one of our Twitter followers. Oh, also, you should know Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton, part Scots. Nice. So it's even topical. Please. Continue. Uh, this is from one of our followers and listeners uh, on Twitter, at Florence Welches. She has several. The first one is, how did the three of you meet and become such close friends? Is it time for a secondary a second version? version? Julie version. My version. All right. So we're going to go way back, you guys. Neil and I moved to Chicago in oh, September of 2006. And before that, we had lived in Portland, Oregon for six years. During the time we lived in Portland, Oregon, we both were members of a theater company. <laughs> Wait, are you actually telling the truth? I'm telling part of the truth. I can make it partially lie. Hey, I'm really good at this. Okay. <laughs> All the best lies have an element of truth. Oh, I was about this. to say that, but I didn't want to interrupt Mine you. Mine literally <laughs> exactly one element of truth. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. So... We belonged to this theater company where we both had to do shit jobs a lot. Me more than him because he was actually getting paid to act somewhere else. Although, I guess I was working as a traveling children's theater professional. But anyway, Patty. So we moved to (laughs) Chicago fresh with hope that we would continue our theater careers here. (laughs) Okay, the Chicago dream. Yeah. So Neil got cast in a show. I was jealous because I'm a dick. And he started rehearsing for it, and he came home, and he was like, you really need to meet this director. She shows up every night with these enormous sunglasses on, and she comes in with a boombox over her shoulder to the Rocky theme song, (laughs) and it really gets us all pumped up. (laughs) And I'm like, sounds insufferable. (laughs) So Neil worked on this show. I went and saw the show. It was good. I had not yet met the director. Finally, I met her, but it was like this. (laughs) I walked into a bar, and there was one old guy in the corner. And then there was this person with these huge, like Elaine Stritch-level sunglasses on. And she turned around, and she said, Julie, we finally meet. And then out of nowhere, a disco ball lit up. (laughs) There were stars everywhere. (laughs) And suddenly, a karaoke jockey appeared. And that's when we truly realized that we were meant to be good friends because <laughs> karaoke really brought us together. So that's my memory of it. I don't know. I'm sorry. Which part of that was supposed to be a lie? <laughs> <laughs> there was some truth in there. There were also some lies. It's true. Neil did a play once. <laughs> once. Also, I do. I mean, I've got some excellent sunglasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I do constantly walk around with a boom. <laughs> At the moment, that's the, that's the constant reality story. All right. <laughs> but every time I see her, it's got the Chariots of Fire theme song. Not the <laughs> that's weird. Theme song. Do you think that it just a, sounds different to everybody? Oh. Well, sometimes, sometimes depending on when I'm really feeling my oats, nerd-wise, sometimes I just walk around and it just plays Hedwig's theme. Oh, wow. So I'm just, I just walk down the street, like, power walk. Like, you got a picture, like, done. Dun, dun, dun. My soundtrack is dun, 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 dun. And then I also have headphones in and it's playing Beyonce. So it's both. It's a remix. But you have the So I'm doing the single lady stance. You can't see me, but I'm putting a ring on it right now. 
Okay. What else from Florence Welch's? Okay. Florence Welch's second question. Does Julie have any theories about how the rest of the season This is Catherine, right? Florence Mm -hmm. Welch's is Catherine. Mm -hmm. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for the Janine drinking game. You haven't said oh shit once yet. Keep it together. Oh, no. Now we have to drink. God damn it. Does Julie have any theories about how the rest of the season moves forward? I do. Some of them are things that I have just picked up. Spoilers. I'm not going to make a spoiler. I'm going to say I know that they will travel to other places than the Great British Isles. I know that, or I guess there's something that happens in Africa because they can't help but tell us about like where they're filming. And I, maybe they make it to America because Murtaugh's in America now. Maybe that's something. I don't know. Um, But if you'd like me to make it up for you, (laughs) I can try. So here's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us exactly what's going to happen. Next week. Next week. Claire and Jamie. Oh. This is episode, The Print Shop, episode six. What are we going to, is that A. Malcolm? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. In A. Malcolm, it's going to be just straight fucking. Like, it's just, just just doing it. Pornographic. Like, literally pornographic. They're going to make it uh, (laughs) sweaty (laughs) and inky. It's gonna be like a squid. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this. This might be stars, but they're gonna they're gonna channel their cinemax. Yeah, they're they're really gonna take it to another level because it's extra oh, long, extra long. Extended. But also, it's it's art, and it's been twenty years, so it'll also be a little saggy. There might be some sex. Yes, you know what, Jen is right. Because, Spoiler alert: there will be no. You know sex. what? There won't be a fucking sag to be seen. This is a fantasy. Life. It is a fantasy. <laughs> let's let's just live in that for a bit. So it's been twenty years. Claire had a baby, but nothing. Nothing. No, no she's gonna. She's still gonna look like oil. she's fucking twenty five years old. Coconut oil. No, as Neil and I call it, the spa diet. Nothing but olive oil and avocado. <laughs> <laughs> so after the doing it is over, but it will take a long time. Yeah, that's not quick. Mm-mm. Claire is going to move in and help. Jamie grow his printing business, but first she will have to murder his competitor who just happens to be a tiny blonde man who none of us like. <laughs> um, kind of reminds us of somebody else. I don't know. I can't, I just can't quite put my finger on it, but Claire is going to have to straight stab that guy in the kidney. <laughs> I, think, I think I might know who it is actually. And then all of a sudden when there's no other printing press in town, a Malcolm takes off and then they print fucking the Encyclopedia Britannica and they're set for fucking life. And then they get on a boat and they go to mm, France. No, not France. They've already been there. They go to Cuba. I'm done. That's the end of the book. It's over. There I, will never be another episode after that. I think I, I think I might be able to fill in that little blank that yeah. you have with that blonde person that we don't know who it is. Uh-huh. It's actually one of Black Jack Randall's children. <gasps> what? So that we can see uh, see Menzies again. So that Tobias Menzies comes back in a flashback? And we can kill him again. Oh, yeah, they take a child body and they green screen <laughs> Tobias Menzies' face over it with a weird jaw on a baby body. That's creepy. <laughs> baby jacking. Baby jacking. <laughs> you can't really see it because there's all that baby fat. But you can tell because of the tension in the neck. <laughs> so those are my predictions, Catherine. All right. Let's move on. You have another question for me. I have to log into my phone every time. Here we go. Allison, 
What are some of your favorite parts of the books that haven't made it on the show? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, I mean, there are all kinds of scenes that I wish were longer. Uh, I'm thinking about a lot of the things that happen at Lallybrock specifically. There's a lot of like Claire and Jenny time that we don't see. There's Claire and Ian time that we don't see. Um, it's easier, honestly, because right now I'm rereading slash re-listening to Voyager for me to talk about the things that I think they're going to cut that I wish they wouldn't. And I think I can talk about those things in like vague enough terms that book readers will get them and nobody else will. Um, so let's see. There is um, a, there's a scene where... Claire talks to the most important guest on a boat. And I sort of suspect that... The it, captain? No. <laughs> guest. Um, I sort oh, of yeah, suspect yes, yes. that that entire thread might get cut. Really? Because I know exactly what you're talking about, and I was really looking forward Me to it. Me too. But I just... Oh. I, 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 there are only so many episodes left this season, and I don't know how it is that they get through it if they don't eliminate some things. It's um, really good, though. Yeah, so I really am hoping for that. Um, I will say there are some scenes that I have concerns about that I think are handled all right in the books that would be hard to handle well on television because a visual medium is just going to make... There's a So we're going to dip a toe in, and I won't reveal what continent's on, gonna dip a toe into the slave trade at some point great and i just i really hope that it's well handled i don't actually i'm not to say that i'm concerned is not accurate because ron moore is an incredibly intelligent showrunner and he's not gonna do something exploitive and racist but um i just am wary in general uh this would also be a great point to say i got an incredibly thoughtful and kind but direct message from a listener today, today, not today, this week, where she said, hey, I'm a listener who happens to be African-American, and I really like the show, and I really like Outlander, and I think you guys are great. Every time you said indentured servitude was like slavery, I cringed. You should know that. Bye. And I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> you know what? You're right. That's totally fair. Yeah. It's, and as I responded to her, first of all, saying like, hey, you're totally right. I'm an idiot. If there's one downside to doing a show where you drink all the time, say so you have no fucking filter on your mouth. <laughs> so sometimes you just say just stupid bullshit. But it was just this incredibly thoughtful note. And I, then I've just been feeling like garbage about it. Because <laughs> it's just, no. it, man, white people. <laughs> you I know? know. No, no. Can like, I-, I try really hard to not be a Becky. And then sometimes I'm just such a fucking Becky. No, but whoever that listener was, that is an absolutely awesome way to yes. deal with something that you hear being said by somebody that you enjoy listening to or a fan of and they say something that for you crosses a line it's just letting them know hey it was you I know was, what remember I was and am super grateful like no, it's just, just no. it would so be whoever, much easier to that, just that was, that's awesome that good great? for yes. you because it's you. much yes. easier to just go nope I'm done or, and, and and a lot of people would, and so or I just anyway. assume that the person wouldn't hear you, wouldn't right. want to hear that. Anyway, that's a good, it was that's great, awesome. uh, and and thus I will say, Point indentured taken. servitude is not like slavery. Nope. However, it is traumatic for specifically these men who might just die on the ship, and then if not, or have this period of 
um, indentured servitude that's lasting a really long time that often people were not actually released from when they were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is absolutely not slavery. And that is really a fair point. Mm -hmm. Uh, also still shitty, Mm -hmm. less shitty, a lot less shitty, less shitty, shitty. like based in something completely different. Um, anyway, Patty, uh, (laughs) I really hope that, uh, uh, that outlander, if it tackles that slavery stuff does a better job than I did. <laughs> I have a feeling that they are actually going to because they included the scene with Joe Abernathy and the bones. Yeah. Which uh, is in the book. Sh- no, that doesn't that reading. doesn't spoil anything. No, no. Is it like his grandmother or something? No, 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 okay. no, no, not at all. But when I, when I saw that, my first thought was oh, that, that that was a very subtle way of them saying, acknowledging that we're going to go there. We're going to mm-hmm. be exploring this area. We're laying out this sort of we're bringing it. We're bringing we're the subject bringing the up skeleton to in the a table. subtle way <laughs> to let you know slavery's coming. Mm-hmm. Just be aware. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was a, a very. A, it's in the book, yes, but it I also think that it was not necessarily <laughs> something that plot wise was necessary. From I the feel book, like at so. this point, just because a couple of people tweeted this at me this week, at this point, I feel like I need to say in the book because people seem to like when I say in the book. And so we should all drink because that's the other yeah, thing. That's for you, To you, Alana. Wait, wait, DSD. Hang on, yeah, me and Julie. Okay, there, there we go. That was a solid one, too. Uh, but I will also say there are a bunch of things this season and we've talked about them on the podcast already so I won't go into great detail but a bunch of things this season that I wish not that um, they were there because a lot of them were there but they were given short shrift a lot of them specifically I wish we had spent a lot more time on the Lord John and Jamie relationship because it really did feel so rushed and compressed well and it it was still effective because they're good actors Mm -hmm. but um, there was it, it really feels like that you can tell for me, it feels as though they are trying really hard to just get to Claire and Jamie being in the same place again Mm -hmm. and giving a lot of the separation, um, sort of a loss. Uh, so, but specifically the one where I really wish they had spent more time was, uh, the, I like, I wish we had one episode that was nothing but just Lord John and Jamie, like meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. Mm -hmm. But I also think that one of the things that, I I mean, it's been a while since I've read the third book, so I might be wrong about this. It's been a while. (laughs) But, um, the third book structurally, at least it really isn't until Claire and Jamie are reunited that we learn Jay, what happened to Jamie. Mm-hmm. Sort of. So here, this is actually a really good example. So one of the things I wish we'd seen more of is the way that Voyager is structured. We start with Jamie waking up and then going to do mud, 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 do mud. See, I wish I had a video of that. See, if I had my camera ready, I really wish listeners. I could have given you a video of the three of them launching into do mud that was delightful as hell. Anyway, um, uh, and then the way that it's structured, uh, Roger and Claire and Brianna are researching what might have happened to Jamie. As they discover things that are concrete, that is when we go to wherever Jamie is. So they find out about the Dunbonnet, and then we get the whole Jamie in a cave storyline. Then they find out about Ardsmuir, and then we get all of Ardsmuir. And then they find out about Hellwater, and we get all of Hellwater. And then basically jump 
to where we are now. Mm -hmm. So we don't see anything post hell water, which is where we're at. The one thing, and I realized this today because it's the point I'm at in the book. Um, the scene where Jamie asks John to take care of Willie comes way later in the book. We find oh, that yeah, out that's the thing that I much later. Um, but a lot of the, specifically the relationship between Claire and Roger, which I think is really important. Um, you spend a lot of time in Roger's mind in this book. Uh, him observing Claire. There's a really lovely scene where he's watching her. Is it first person or omniscient? Uh, it's first person removed because we had this conversation a weeks ago, right? Like it's not the only person where it's true first person is Claire. Okay. We get Claire's chapters in Claire's voice. When we're in Roger's chapters, it's Roger's point of view, but it's not in Roger's voice. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, there's this lovely moment where, and I think it's when she's found Jamie in the prison role, but she's like fallen asleep in a chair. Like she found it late at night and was holding it and then fell asleep in the chair, still holding it. And he comes down in the morning and she's holding it. And there's, and he has a moment where he says, I don't know who you were mate, but you must've been incredible to have deserved her. Right. There's this affection and fondness and understanding between the three of them. There's an incredible dinner. This is a great one. Uh, right before Claire goes through the stones where they spend the whole day being really wary of each other and kind of sad and freaked out. And it, and they go to dinner to, um, like at a pub and Claire and Brie are sitting on the same side of the table and like touching each other a lot. And it's from Roger's point of view. He sends her, he sends Claire out the front door to observe this sort of this Scottish tradition where on this particular day, um, maybe it's Beltane, Halloween, basically, Mm -hmm. You walk out the door and the first person you see or first thing you see, you can interpret what's going to happen to you in the next year. And he tells her to like close her eyes, walk out the door, open her eyes and say what she sees just as long as it's not a duck because apparently a duck is misfortune. It's really funny. And what happens (laughs) is she walks out the door directly into a policeman. (laughs) And and she comes in and it was a a man walking towards her, which means something really positive and whatever. Anyway, so a lot of that stuff. Specifically, I... For as good uh, as the Roger story has been so far, uh, mostly because the actor is so good, uh, I wish that we had spent more time on him sort of falling into this situation where a woman is basically thought the love of her life was dead and he's not. As opposed to... I found We found him. (laughs) I would would also, too, like as someone who's not reading or watching anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it did feel like the, not to say that it, it, the a sense of longing didn't appear between us wanting to see Jamie and, um, and um, Claire, Claire, I'm drunk, <laughs> um, <laughs> find each other. But like, it, like it did feel a little bit like it happened very quickly, you know, in the they, season. It, it, this entire first four episodes. And I, I've mentioned this on, past episodes of our show, they do this thing where they actually say how much time has passed all the time. Yeah, the exposition They're like, is It was crazy. like three years ago, three months ago. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, okay, okay, we get it. We like, get it. I, and I get they have to accelerate time a little bit, but it would have been... It feels too it, fast. It feels like they had to do it. And you know what? What I'm guessing, if I were to uh, think about what season four might want to be and need to be... That they they made once they realized because they got they got bought for two more seasons right at the exact same time right 
to right now they're renewed through season four. So there's one more guaranteed season after this one. But it, but it happened in season two. So they were, yes. so they had the opportunity to go, we have two seasons in front of us and here's what we need to do to get to the ultimate goal of our story. And they might've valued things that happened in season four a little bit heavier. And that's like, they made a decision to say, okay, well we have to get rid of this part because we have to get them together to deal with the things that are going to happen in the future. Right. And, I, and that seems pretty transparent. To me, I, as someone I, who's not even at this point, though, I've got to say, like, how are they not buying the show anymore? I, oh, they will. I it's mean, just it's there, there's popular. no urgency no. for them to make no. a renewal announcement. Yeah, they're fine. And from a business sense, um, I mean, it'll probably be like the day after the premiere. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance that they could start filming season four, and all of a sudden, it looks like garbage. You know, like it's right. unlikely, but there's a chance. So, I my guess would be with most. TV shows that are a lock for renewal, um, it'll be like the day after the premiere. So like Game of Thrones is usually renewed for the season the day after the premiere because then it's a story yeah, and whatever. Right, right. I think it's like, think about like if you got a two-year lease on an apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't really think about that next lease until you get six months out. Until all of a sudden you're like, oh crap. And I don't know <laughs> yeah. And But I'll invest in uh, painting my house uh-huh. because I now know I'll live there for three years. Mm-hmm. The most likely, I mean, honestly, the only way I can imagine there being any sort of hiccup is if one of the actors wants to leave. If, mm-hmm. if either Kitcherman and Mama no or Sam wants to Neither leave. And I don't think they will. They no. seem to love their jobs and themselves and love yeah. working together. Yeah. Yes. I don't think that will happen. I don't either. Can I say the, the, the question about is there anything that you're sad was cut mm-hmm. from the books? Mm-hmm. There's one scene, and it's not from this season, it's actually um, from the first season that wasn't cut, but that they did completely differently. Which still makes me sad when I think back on the first season, mm-hmm. which was um, the scene where Jamie tells Claire that he married her because he was in love with her. Oh yeah, no, which that's good. it's in the in the show. It's the two of them in the bedroom and they're sort of sitting by the window and it's very like sweet and romantic and uh, in the books they're hanging out in like the the living room of Lollybrock, and he starts telling he's like. You know, you know, we were riding this horse in the night, and I thought as much as she wear, weighs as much as a horse, this is the woman. And she starts chasing him around the living room, like trying to swat at him, and he's just insulting her over and over again. I mean, as much as she smells like this, as much as she's a like sharp-tongued, he's just mocking her, and she's trying to get him, and she finally tackles him to the ground, and then says, are you trying to tell me you married me for love? He's like, isn't that what I've been saying? Aww. And then Jenny walks in and says, what the hell are you two doing? Get a room. Yeah. Luckily, they're exactly. all in and, and Jamie <laughs> says, I'm making love to my wife. And she says, well, you could find a more suitable place to do it. That floor will give you a splinter in your arse. <laughs> and it's just, I'm like, I, I mostly just miss that Jenny moment of her yes. seeing this couple rolling around the floor and going, you're going to get splinters in your arse. All right. Arse. And at Florence Welch's yeah. slash Catherine's last question, have you heard David Barry sing? I did listen to the video that you sent me, and I'm not surprised because it seems like when God gives us gifts, he tends to give more gifts to the gifted. (laughs) Made me want to throw up. You know what it made me want to do? Hold on, you guys. I'm going to give Sophie some catnip right now. Oh, my. Oh, hey. This is happening right now, you old lady. You eat the shit out of that and get high. All right, she'll do that. <laughs> look at she want, look. She's like no 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 no. <laughs> she just wants the entire bin. No, she's gonna be yeah. cool. So what 
what it made me want to do, because I also watched that video. He can really sing. And it made me want to go, coin face, 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 Part of this bit is that you can just put it in two words and it's why this blank fell in blank. Anyway, okay. What else, Patty? Okay, hold on, Patty. Anyway, Patty, our final, and it's not really a question, it's more of a statement, but I was intrigued by it because I don't know. Also, it. not final. Uh, well, no, sorry, the one in my email. So we have a not list, and the then final we have another one. list, and then we have another we list. We have like lists upon lists, but this one is uh, at done it again underscore from Twitter, Megan. I'm kind of really fucking hoping she stuck a zipper in that dress. It's one of my favorite scenes from the book. Ahem. So my question is, uh, did Claire put a zipper in the dress and Jamie saw a zipper and lost his mind? I don't think that we can actually comment on this until after the print shop is aired. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I will say, I will say this uh, in the book. In the book. In the book. In the book. Look at her rub herself on your bag, man. Yeah. She's, oh. she's so uh, high right now. In the book, Claire's dress Sophie and has a zipper. In a moment. In the book, Claire's dress has a zipper. Mm-hmm. That is all I will say. I'm going to second that I hope it's in there. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I sort of suspect it won't be because I saw a tweet somewhere that said, hey, I can't tell you anything, but there's about seven minutes of people taking off clothes. To me, as ooh, that was a good pour. That was a good pour. Uh, pour. To me, uh, it would seem (laughs) unlikely that there would be a zipper involved if it takes that long for them to get undressed. But I hope there is. And we, I promise you, will talk about the zipper scene next week if the zipper is not in the episode. Okay, cool. All right, and then we've got... I don't know who did these things, who said these things. Do you remember? Uh, yes, that is. Hold on. Um, we have two requests, one of which is that we... This is running underscore out of... Oh, yeah, the one who's going to touch the dick rocks when she's on a marathon. Yeah. Dude, go touch those dick rocks. No dick rock untouched. <laughs> she, by the way, is running out of distance, time, excuses, champagne, whiskey. Oh, also, it's almost her sad. birthday. Hey, hey, happy almost birthday. Ten days from now, it'll be like seven days running by the time you hear it. R- running out of. So uh, running out of said, draft a love letter to Pamplemousse. Excuse me. Oh. I think the best way to do this is we each get one really good sentence. Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right, hold on. I just, I just clicked my pin on. Shit. I think you can hear me here. Oh, man. Fuck, I'm actually really nervous about this. Okay. Who's going first? Not me. Dear Pamplemousse. Can you guys hear me writing? Yeah. I bet you wonder (laughs) why we call you that. (laughs) I will say that it is (laughs) because, okay, this bit has gone on too long. (laughs) I will say that it is because, although like really, like when you hear the like scratch, 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 of a pen, like feather pen. I don't know. I was just trying to go for something. Anyway, you were going for a verisimilitude, which doesn't work in podcasting as much. I mean, maybe if you were filming me, Janine. <laughs> I will say that. I, I, I bet you wonder why we call you that. I will say 
that in the 21st century, there is a beverage that is revered by all. And there is one flavor of this beverage that is undoubtedly the best. That is why you are the best. Hmm. Um, Janine. So I... Pamplemousse. <laughs> I've seen you mostly through IMDb. <laughs> but know that you have a calm, collected, and direct style of acting. And frankly, I just want to get a hug from you. Aww. That's, That's very nice. Good. Miss Moniz. Uh, in my dreams, you dance for me and are grumpy about it the whole time. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Pamplemousse. Okay. There are a lot of great gifts out there. But the best gift, the best gift, is actually probably the one where Liz Lemon says Nerd Rage. But the second best <laughs> gift. <laughs> but the second best gift. Real talk. Is an outtake where you are twiddling your fingers mischievously. To me, it says everything I need to know about you. You're a scamp. <laughs> but you know how to turn it on when you want to get the waterworks going. And I mean that in both senses. <laughs> Up hey and yo. down. Hey yo. And all I would say is there are a lot of podcasts out there about Outlander. There are a lot that love you, but only one of them has given you a truly ludicrous nickname. And also, I totally called it. You're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Love Podlander Drumcast. Do my, 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 do who've gotten past book three, Jen, uh-huh. will be familiar with Stephen Bonnet and Aunt Jocasta, who are two super important roles. I won't go into detail about the nature of their roles because there are some people here who don't know the story, literally everybody <laughs> but me. So, me. Uh, no, everybody but me. No, Jen no, hasn't no, read past right. book three. Ah. No, book three was my last book, so I've told, I'm going to have to read book four. Now, oh, but you're, you're going um, to continue gonna keep, to read I'm going to keep gonna, reading. Okay. Okay. It's two... Actors uh, who a lot of people will have seen in other things. Both of them actually are Downton Abbey alumni. Mm, um, but in fancy. particular, Maria Doyle Kennedy. I mean, who, there's only so many people on that island. That's true. <laughs> uh, but Maria Doyle Kennedy, who, uh, and she's the one I'm really excited about, played a, a very, sm- well, not small, like a, a featured guest role. Um, she was uh, Bates's wife who showed up. Oh my God. Yeah, she was his Bates's evil ex wife. Yeah. Ooh, but she was very good and terrifying. She is Mrs. S. Mrs. S. from Orphan Black. She oh. was the uh, essentially adoptive mother of one of the clones on Orphan Black. Spoiler, Orphan Black is about clones. It just ended. I can't, I can't <laughs> be spoiled. The, the premise. entire show is over and it tells you it's about clones at the end of like episode two. Right. Like it, it, anyway, yeah. um, on that show, she was... 
lovely and terrifying and like pretty hot, but also really scary. She was just as likely to show up with a casserole or with a shotgun. I mean, you never really know. Like my grandma. She 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 is a really incredible actress, and I think is going to be really 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 great in the role, uh, which basically requires somebody to be incredibly charismatic, Um, and along with some other things that I will give away. Um, However, I will say this. If my theory about the direction they're taking with Murtaugh is going to go, if my theory is correct. Does that, that mean her and Murtaugh are going to have? Yeah, that's going to mean <gasps> that, that she is a love interest for Murtaugh. Yes, that is very exciting for me. I have personally um, been by the way, a fan of her since what is the date today? Which if you've never what is seen the date today? October the 15th, 2017. I needed to go on public record that Allison Shoemaker said that shit first. So when it shows up on some other bullshit, we know that they're stealing from us. Also, can I amend my love letter? Yes. <laughs> yes. Pamplemousse. I'm so glad you found your love. <laughs> Seriously, give me a hug. <laughs> all right. Well, that was all that I had written down question-wise. Okay. Allison, did so, you have an, uh, something else? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we also got one specific, really thoughtful set of Facebook comments, some of which we've already touched on. And we'll just touch on these. Uh, so Heather Wagner Knox said, I'd love a little discussion of what you'd bring back through the stones if you were Claire. And we talked about that last week. But does anybody have anything to add? No, I really thought that Advil was number one. Whoever, was it Dr. J that said Advil? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that was one of them, yeah. Because Advil. I said this was Army Knife, didn't I? Yeah, did. that's I good. I was drunk, and that that's, was a good one. But that, that is very good. Yeah, because I, re- I rethought of it, then remembered I said it already. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sticking with that. Jen? See, I might go with uh, something more along the lines of an antibiotic, even like a Neosporin, like antibiotic mm. ointment or something mm. like that. Well, because that's very portable and small. Yes. And, and lasts a long time, too. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. I have a tube of that shit that I bought in Mexico when Neil and I went on vacation, what was that, five years ago? Yeah. Mm. It's still it's full. Still works. You no, know what see, I would bring. It doesn't I, last that long in my house because I fall down all the time, which is why <laughs> I would need that shit. So here I've, I've refined my solution. I would bring, and it's a lot of things I'd combine into one package that I put in some like deceptive mm-hmm. burlap sack, so it just looks like I'm carrying potatoes. Pack. Right. I would bring Bum a bag. Kindle. Mm-hmm. And on that Kindle, I would put a book, like a book about the history of basically every country on the planet, anywhere near the time that I'm going back to. And then I would bring like 17 different fully charged battery chargers. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe a device to help recharge them without a power outlet. Uh, like they, they solar have, batteries? They have solar batteries out there. there we I, ha- go. I yep. have one of them. So that's what I would do. It. What I would want, I would want somebody no, to go like, okay. You so have been burned as a witch. Yeah, well, Just, but I am a much better liar than Claire Beecham Randall Fraser. This mm-hmm. is fair. She's a horrible time traveler. Malcolm. Yeah. Claire horrible. Beecham Randall yeah, Fraser. Malcolm. I would, I, so I would just like hide it. Uh, and then I would, I mean, probably because I'm ruthless, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I got these from her. That's the witch. <laughs> Damn. Not really. Oh, I wouldn't that's do that. cold as hell. I just wouldn't get caught. Nobody pays attention to me. I would not, I would be nondescript. <laughs> no, but still, to be fair, though, if Claire had, was a better time traveler, there probably wouldn't be a show. I mean, who wants that's to watch true. a show about somebody so who travels really back in time, time just travel. blends in perfectly? Right. There's exactly. no fucking show. So I would find a way to hide it all. And then somebody would be like, well, okay, so where should we go? Let's go to Italy. And I would say, I need 
18 hours. <laughs> and I'll tell you where we're going. And then I would look up everything going on in Italy, everything that was going to happen, and I'd figure out where to go and where to not go and who to talk to and who to not talk to and, like, the basics. Also, maybe, like, like some tour books from major European cities so I could get, like, the Farmer's Guide to London, and most of it wouldn't be useful, but then there would be, like, nuggets on the history of certain buildings. You know, mm-hmm. I was just thinking... Back to the Future makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing if we ended on that note? But we had yeah. more to say. Okay. Yeah, we do. So also, um, uh, mostly because week, he's gonna fuck his mom. Well, all right. I don't know. Part of it also, it's it's like he's like he uses a paper book to like determine the future. Right. Okay, we're off. Yeah. All we're right. Off. So Cindy Berg says, "Stellar podcast. Thank you, Cindy. <laughs> Next week, maybe you could take a little time to highlight Bear McCreary's music since." He is brilliant. Uh, I will say about this, yes, we agree he's brilliant. We are doing an episode after the season ends this year that we just finalized with Kate Kulsik, who is another TV critic uh, who specifically does a lot of writing about scoring for television. And she is going to come on and talk to us about Bear McCurry's score. So we will be doing a whole episode about him later. You could talk about how Sam Huon is on fire this season and deserves all the awards. And then there was another one. But like real quick, did, is it just me or did he get like significantly better this year yes I don't ever think he was bad like he was always good but I think like there was a for me a noticeable leap in the quality except for the Dunbonnet shit the beginning of the Dunbonnet shit which I thought was kind of clunky and weird well I think at least part of that was the the wing costuminess of it there was nothing against Terry Trimsbach who's amazing but there was something about the the way that he was dressed and the way all of that it was a little bit like it's hard to take you seriously at this moment Mm. Yeah. And also that he was like dialing it up to 14, like the weird, like crazy eyes and shit. But luckily we weren't there for very long. But to be fair, one of the things I think that's made Sam Hewen leap ahead is the fact that he is working with people who are so awesome. Yeah. And Dunbonnet, he was working with treats. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, and, I, and, a, and a cave. And I want to say too, that, that, that might and actually, a can. like uh, my, yeah. my non-understanding of seeing anything might, I almost think that's like almost an editor issue, editor-director issue, where like they got some really great stuff out of him, but they chose to use things that are quite... Uh, narrow <laughs> or weird or like or just, weird. They just or they chose the thing. biggest moments yes. like the, the hammiest moments yeah. to try to sell it rather than trusting the subtlety of yeah. right yeah. 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 Pick up on but I will say that once he got to the prison and specifically met Lord John he really took off and also then, in the Doom Hut though he was great in the Doom Hut oh he was really he good in the Doom really Hut he was great in the he's, Doom Hut he's, Doom Hut Doom Hut Doom Hut he's good when he He's good when uh, he's good in duress. He's always been good in duress. That's why like physical pain. Yeah. Physical like uh uh He's a game day player. Sadly. He's a game day player. He's a regular nail starver. Oh my god. No. But also, I mean, he was great in that scene with Lord John. That's one of my favorite scenes. No, that's what I was gonna talk about. I was gonna say once he got to Ardmuir and met Lord John. And then everything moved on from there with the kid, with Lord John, with the sister, with all that shit. It's it's just taking steps up every time. Mm-hmm. So I would say episode one was great, but that was very, you know, like he can't move. And then episode two. 
And then episode three and four and five have all been like escalating. And he really only had one moment in episode five, but God, it was a good one. Yeah. It's not just that it was a great no, it was patient choice, but the look on his face of like, wonder and awe and shock and disbelief and oh my god all of the blood is leaving I my was head. actually speaking to uh, Patreon subscriber Kathleen Moves this morning Ooh, about this moment yeah what does yes. Kathleen think no, she, that, that she agrees that uh, that moment was spectacularly she's like oh there's nothing like a big man falling <laughs> and you know what I will say you know what this. that is true. That's great. Yeah. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> as a, as a big man fallen. who has had to ha- has had to faint on stage and also has had to try to teach other people how to faint on stage. It is not easy. No. It's re- because it's everything in your body rejects the idea that it's fainting. Well, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do it in a way where you won't get hurt where it looks like you're not controlling it, right? No. Mm-hmm. Like there is a way to faint that's controlled, but it's hard to do that and make it look realistic at the same time. And that was a yeah. really good faint. Yeah. I think part of it is the papers flying out of the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and part of the distraction like, is yeah. good. Something backing up against for a second. backing up against the printing press and then falling to the side yep. too. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, well, and they we, probably also had, I didn't see this, but they all had a pad probably that helped. No, oh, I don't goodness, know. I hope so. Well, I, I'm assuming maybe they green screened it out or something. Maybe, I don't know, but he he did a very good job at it. Uh, so yeah. Cindy, we agree. So then there is one let before, and this is, we already had you coming on, Jen, when she suggested this. Maybe invite a special guest to join you and recap the best moments of the first five episodes. All of it leading up to the reunion episode, of course, internal screaming. <laughs> Cindy, just <laughs> So I think a good way to wrap this one up before we do our list of our patrons who we love, um, it would be for all of us to share our favorite moment from Wait. this season so far. Ooh, what? No, there's still one question that was asked earlier that hasn't been finished. Oh, That's yeah. Right. The story, the story of how we, we all met. Janine has to tell her version. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Thank you, Jen. We're going to come back to our, your, Cindy, we're coming back to your moments. We're coming back to you, Cindy. Don't worry. So I, uh, Allison actually did a pretty good job of telling the the actual story of how I got brought onto this. Um, that was actually true. That None of that was an exaggeration. No, because we really. I mean, all of it was true. We, we really got into a big, heavy discussion about Bernie Hillary. <laughs> and I did send an email the next day going, no, no, I'm, I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what I would like, because like, and then so I met Julie through the experience of making this and that's how I met Julie the Julie Starbird experience the Julie Starbird experience um, but so I, so what I will tell in uh, instead is a quick story of how I met Neil wow because I think that that is a connective story to a degree oh yeah dude later pass that growler this oh, way get that shit over don't there don't be so here greedy. we go right. so uh, I, I actually this is this is very, this is very much before Alice and I had ta- had had gotten to our heavy discussion about Bernie and Is Hillary. this true? Yeah. You knew Neil before you knew us? Yeah. Aaron? Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. So, Wait, uh, is this real or a lie? Okay. Find out. <laughs> I'm going to find out. <laughs> my cat's butt is in my face. I can't for it, bro. <laughs> so, uh, so, our friend, uh, fame whore Kevin, <laughs> he was having a birthday party, and he wanted to have it at a, uh, a bar in uh, Chicago that's an arcade bar. What's it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, headquarters. Headquarters. Yeah. Headquarters. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to have it at headquarters, and um, I, uh, Kevin and I have been making a film together for two years, and it's going to keep going. The reason he has long hair is because of me. Um, <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> 
And so um, I show up there and, uh, you know, I'm meeting people and I, I know Allison uh, kind of through this, but, you know, we haven't really met really well. And then um, she, like, this gentleman who has a big beard and he's a kind of a burly dude. And I, and I go, hi, I'm Aaron. And he goes, oh, I'm Neil. And uh, Allison goes, you guys don't know each other? And we go, no, we haven't. She's like, oh my God, this is weird. This is the circles that haven't completed yet. And then she said, uh, to really connect this, you guys should play some air hockey. And she pulled out oh, a boom box. No. She pulled out a boom box, started playing the final countdown. <laughs> it's the final countdown. Of this intensity, Neil and I played the most intense game of air hockey I have ever experienced, <laughs> where at least two of us bled. Ooh, at least. And um, in the end, as as with most things, um, Neil beat me hard. Neil <laughs> <laughs> can play air hockey to save his life. This is a lie. <laughs> oh, I've shown my hat. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, yo. <laughs> I get really aggressive when I play air hockey. Oh, man. I mean, but you understand how bleeding can happen in air oh, hockey. fuck yes, fucking I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can, yeah, we've all bled. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We've all bled. Yeah. So the, the spatter of blood from my knuckles to the floor. Of, uh, <laughs> John Woo style, like slow-mo. Uh, to, the, to the tune of the final countdown. That's basically how I met Neil. I really, you know, everyone should carry around a boombox and change the world. Uh, the real story is that Aaron and I met because we have a million mutual friends. I don't even remember exactly how Aaron and I met. Julie and Aaron met through me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was because of the beginning of Kevin and I's film. No, it was definitely before that. I it think was, it, was it was Timpanic related. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Julie and I did meet because that was I was a directing. That in Chicago for I was, you listening. Yeah. Uh, Julie and I did meet because I was directing her husband in a play. She was pissed because we were not paying him because it was our first show and we weren't paying anybody, which is garbage. You should pay everyone all the time. But we weren't paying anyone because we didn't have money and it was our very first show. But he was really interested in the part, which was kind of an old Humphrey Bogart style, like, nor thing. So also, I was like, fine. apparently part. what decided it for him is that we were doing the show at a place he could literally walk, <laughs> walk to. to. <laughs> uh, he does love that. And, and hey, Lifeline. Lifeline. Are you listening? <laughs> that, oh, you know what? Life. Allison Kane wants to come be on the show. So no Lifeline way. might be listening. Hey, <laughs> anyway, Lifeline. Hi, Allison. We love you. Uh, anyway, um, so that is how Julie and I met was because I cast Neil but on a really, plane. What was the first actual time we met? I don't even remember. Oh, it was definitely at Pachin Still, but what? there was not karaoke. Ugh, Pachin but there was Still. A but Neil kept saying, "You have to meet. You have to meet Julie. You have to meet Julie." I just have to warn you. Um, she is kind of pissed that you didn't pay me, and I've been I've been telling her that you're great. And you guys will really get along, but you should just be aware. Uh, anyway, and then, and you, by the way, listeners, none of this will ever happen to you because you're all amazing. But if you ever see Julie meet somebody else that she has doubts about, you'll see her, she'll go, hi, how are you? It's nice to meet you. And so genuine and sincere. And then you'll see her turn around and talk to one of her friends. And then that's actually Julie. <laughs> She's a very good actress. Uh, but you, you know what? That's true, though. It really is true. Uh-huh. Anyway, Patty. <laughs> um, so Julie and I met through theater and we decided to do the podcast. 
podcast because I thought it would be funny. It turns out I was right. So uh, last thing, our favorite moment from the season so far, and oh, yeah. I'm going to make a rule that nobody can choose the end of the last episode. Because <sighs> otherwise we'd all choose the exact same thing. That's not fun. Yeah, no, that's not fair. Okay. All, all right. right. Does anybody have a choice? I'll choose one. All right, Janine. <laughs> Who hasn't watched any of it? <laughs> the rabbit. Yeah. Oh, Death, like bunny. Death bunny. Death bunny. Because listen, bunnies are fucking freaky. And <laughs> what? Bunnies are fucking freaky. No, animals. they're not. Dude, they eat their own shit. Oh. Okay, you We're know taking what? it there. Touche, touche. <laughs> they are fucking insane animals that. I wish you could all see <laughs> Jen Moise's face right now. So, <laughs> what you're saying is you have an issue with coprophagia. Uh, is that um, eating your That's a crazy ex girlfriend reference. Oh, I mean, it's also the accurate it's word. Actual yes, real the word coprophagia got used on crazy ex girlfriend. Yeah. So, yes. So, mm. that's bunny. Uh, and the fact that there's now a death bunny is to all too accurate because bunnies equal death because okay. they are fucking insane. So, your favorite is okay. death bunny. Death bunny. Jen? Because I have nothing else to um, I would say. Um, <laughs> Uh, the scene outside of Ardsmore Prison where uh, they briefly, some of the prisoners run off to go catch the traps and the guards are distracted for a second. <laughs> and Jerry runs and they just walk like you just. <laughs> because watching that scene, That's a really all good I choice. could think about was how much. I think this is actually one of my jokes that you guys used on the podcast was how much did they rehearse that in the prison? Yeah. How long did it take? How long did it Were take? Were there costumes involved? Like, yeah. did they have a whole play situation? Did you situation? have, like, props and set pieces to rehearse? The <laughs> Jamie running, running, running and getting buried in shrubbery <laughs> in 30 seconds and then everybody coming back because you don't just do that. You have to rehearse and plan. And it's like, how? How did you? That was my favorite. Um, mm. Julie, do you have one? Because I've got one more last. We're going to do it fast after this. Yeah. But I've got one last thing. I think uh, it would be very difficult for me to decide between Joe Abernathy uh, pushing for information about uh, her man. Like, just just the introduction to Joe Abernathy cool. in general. Good one. And then um, maybe uh, Lord John Gray and Jamie at Hellwater mm. when Jamie offers his body and Lord John Gray's like, good God, <laughs> that shit's hilarious. Okay. That's, That's a good awesome. one. Yeah. Uh, I agree with all of your choices. Um, and I probably would have gone with Hellwater, but just to change it up, I am going to say, uh, the great Lord Donnelly screaming, I will never forgive you for this. Oh, yes, of course. And, and it means oh, yeah. both the script she's following and the actual yeah, fact. I, for, I forgot that. Um, that happened in this Jenny from the Lollybrock. Jenny from the Lollybrock. Um, um, and then in the interest of just capping it all off on a nice, consistent note. Um, who's your TGP of the season so far? Ooh, TGP, huh? TGP. Just season. Wait, to remind everybody, we have we've done poor Rupert. Uh, we have done uh, the great Tobias Menzies. I think mm-hmm. we did at least once. Uh, we we did Coinface. Coinface has gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Abernathy, man, that's your TGP. Absolutely, Joe right. fucking Abernathy. Just for for almost every moment, but I think for if nothing else, that moment when he and Claire are in surgery and she acts all reckless and the look he gives her. Mm. That is a combination 
of both respect and worry at the same time, which how do you convey both those things in a facial expression without words? I don't know. I'm not Joe Abernathy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to get a shot. I'm going to get a shot. Okay. No, yeah. I no, 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 he tried. You're not you guys, he no, tried really hard. No, you really tried, not. but you're not joking. You know what, Jane? We're gonna God work on it. your jacting. It's gonna yeah. be great. Yeah, Julie. What about you? It's hard. Um, <laughs> TGP for the season so far. I, uh, I'm about to say something. <laughs> oh dear! It's a podcast. I should hope so. That. <laughs> Uh, will be a surprise. Oh, many okay. of our oh hello. Oh, my. Here we are. I'm going to say Sam Hewen. <gasps> wow. Oh. I am. I'm finally going to say it. You hunt, 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 you hunt. You know, yes, I, I think that's a really good choice. Um, I, in the interest of changing it all up, I'm assuming yours is Death Bunny. Uh, no, Rupert. Rupert. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> listen, that little French kid. Deserve to be in another season, but he's just not going to age fast enough. You mean Fargus? Yeah, I'm drunk. Fargus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fergus. Roman Berry. God damn it. Uh, so I'm going to go with Richard Rankin, <laughs> a.k.a. Oh, Roger. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah because I feel like uh, another candidate for the best scene of the season is uh, him watching Claire have a minor meltdown about the fact that Jamie might still be alive in the parallel timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Uh, but he also uh, did some some tricky work with a scene partner who wasn't always rising to the task. Um, and also, he's the human turtleneck, and I just want to put him on and snuggle. So mm-hmm. um, he can snuggle me. On that note, mm-hmm. thanks for staying with us for this weird one. We had a really good time. Uh, we want to especially thank our Patreon patrons, Amanda Newton, Beth Locke, Flourish Root, Molly Layton, Dr. J, coiner of the Golden Pamplemousse, uh, Laura Mag- Lara, sorry, Magnuson, Friday Payton, Jen Lander Drunklin, still a great name, Kathleen Moniz, Hi, Mom. M- mother of a guest, <laughs> uh, Katie Kirshner, Catherine Galindo, a.k.a. at Florence Welches, uh, Kiki the Wise, I love saying that, and Kara Marlowe, as well as the rest of our patrons. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast, where you'll see, like, hey, ask us questions, and that's the place you can do it. You can also do that on Twitter at podlandercast and uh, at Julie Starby and at Pagel underscore Aaron and at Allison Shue and at Moniz lives here. M-O-N-I-Z lives here. A lot of you have definitely already interacted with Jen on Twitter, even if you haven't put it together, that's who she is. Um, (laughs) uh, And if you want to get access to episodes early and some bonus content and some other cool things we're going to be doing in the weeks and months to come, you can do that at patreon.com slash podlandercast. For now, thank you for listening to us cackle. Because that's and 90% of every episode. episode. This is. is because you all love the Janine mic so much that now that we have four people, we needed an extra mic. It is a boom mic sitting on a tiny stand. And every time we move, like, hold on, really quick. Everyone just listen tap on to, the table. Let's so, listen to this. Oh, no, quiet, quiet. Ready? Okay. Like little noises. Can you hear that? This is that's my small. fucking fingernail. Here, I'm going to just set my phone down. <laughs> So, yeah, also, I really wish you all could see the miming that happened throughout this episode as we told each other, Elgor, Elgor, Elgor. Also, boom mic, you guys. Boom mic, 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 boom mic. I meant to do that with boombox and I forgot. Boombox, boom mic, boom mic. We've done it several times. Okay. Anyway, you guys, thank you.
Bye. Bye. Bye.